They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha. With your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. I say this all the time. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. And welcome everyone back to the Talking with Tarashuk podcast. I say back with emphasis because I am joined once again by my very first guest on this podcast, the one, the only, Dr. Phil Rico Bono, a former MLB <laughs> scout living back in the States. No, no plugs, no fun stuff, no ridiculousness. We're going to hop right into it. Phil, how are you, man? Right Great to see you. Good to see you too, man. You are the hardest working guy in podcasting. I every appreciate time, that. Yeah, every time I'm at home and fighting my kids for YouTube time. Your, uh, you know, your feed pops up and it's amazing. I'm like, wow, where does, does he sleep? Does he? No, actually, yes. <laughs> so my, my life, my life, believe it or not, is very, very structured. Um, you know, like everything you see on our socials, APS, all the podcast releases, all the edits, all the graphics, that's all me. That is a hundred percent me by myself while working pretty much a full-time job on top of this, which is also a full-time job. So do I sleep? Kind of. Do I eat? Not enough. Is it worth it? It will be. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I can yeah. sum it up. Did you lose some weight? I did. I, I, have, yeah. I have lost I've lost 20 pounds this year, but that's wow. mainly due to financial stress more than anything because you know this economy wow. right now is crazy. Yeah. Um, but hey, man, we're going to keep pushing through. We're going to keep doing podcasts. And we're going to keep doing it. Uh, but you, you had a move. You moved back from Japan back to the States. So what was, what was that like? Um, yeah, so I'm back in Vegas. Uh, I was here 20-something years ago. Um, going to finish out my teaching career here and my scouting career here. But um, it, was, it was great. You know, I, I had reverse culture shock, of course. Yeah. There's just uh, a lot of differences in cultures, but it's all good. Um, then my family arrived over the summer, so we're all together again. And under one roof, we were separated for like nine or 10 months. Wow. And it's hard, you know, just FaceTiming with the little ones. But um, I'm happy to be back in the States for sure. And the next move will be Thailand in about 12 years or so, where uh, we have our spot already picked out. <laughs> is, that, is that retirement? Yeah, yeah. We already have a retirement place there. Interesting. And I used to teach there and have okay. friends in this small city called Wahin, Thailand. Yeah. So you've, you've been all over. Look, why, of all places to retire, because I want to retire in New Zealand, but okay. Tha Thailand, why Thailand? Oh, it's, once you go, you just may fall in love with it. Mm. I visited, so next year will be my 20th anniversary with Thailand. So oh. I visited 18 times before I moved there. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, okay, everything's cheaper. It's super relaxed. Um, it's just, you feel like you're on vacation all the, all the time, even when you're working. It's just a very chill vibe. And um, I don't know, some like people just get smitten by it and they just uh, can't get enough of it. Um, so retiring there has its advantages because um, it's way cheaper to live there. You know, we bought a place already, so that's all set up. And uh, monthly expenses will be very low. So we could probably even maybe save some money during retirement. So now when, when you, when you went to Japan, 
you you kept your U.S. citizenship, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. So I like, didn't give it up. So you so mm-hmm. you you've been paying dual taxes. Then you got no. Japanese, or it's how is no. Japanese like not? No, no. Like, how's all that work? No, do, no double tax. No double tax. So so like when, when you they, when you yeah. retire to Thailand, are you still gonna get like your Social Security, four hundred one k, and all that fun stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I won't have. I don't think I'll have to pay taxes on it. Wow. Yeah. No, I won't have to pay tax. That's another advantage too. I won't have to pay taxes on it. I might have to pay there. I'm not sure what the deal is with the retirement visa. Yeah. But uh, I have to ask you. For, I don't think so. Yeah. But no, if um, so, that's another advantage too. Um, my wife likes it there, so that's important too, right? She's Japanese. No, I have permanent. I have permanent residency in Japan, so I can live there anytime I want. It's like a green card in the states. Yeah. But I am and will. Uh, I am working on my Italian citizenship now. Okay. So I'll be a dual citizen. I found out that I can get it because my great grandfather um, was born in Sicily. And then he moved to the United. You can see the Sicily poster in the background there. Mm-hmm. It's on my. That's my vision board. <laughs> um, so he moved to the states uh, when he was one, and then he had my grandfather um, before he became a U.S. citizen. So it was passed on to my grandfather, my mother, myself, and even my kids. So I would like to spend part of my retirement in Europe too. My mm-hmm. my wife lives in Germany, Scotland, England. So she likes Europe a lot. I lo- I love Europe. So maybe we'll spend like the summers there and the winters in, in Thailand, that type of thing. I gotta travel more, man. Like Italy is on my bucket list. My my one of my best friends is actually on his honeymoon right now in Italy for another week or so. And I'm seeing his Instagram stories. So I shout out to my buddy Chris and Carly. Um and it's just like, damn, I gotta go there. And plus, I, I have family from there. Like I my grandmother was born in the States, but grew up maybe the first 15 years or so in Italy, then moved back, went to high school in the States, met my grandfather, and then the rest is history. My grandfather was born here, but I'm, I'm 50% Italian. My mother's 100%, 100% Italian. So you might, you might be eligible for I'll, it. You have I'll to check, check it out. That, it would be my, yeah. my great grandmother was definitely born in Italy. That Italy, that's, that's did a fact. She, okay. Did she have, did, well, did your great grandmother become a U.S. citizen? That I don't know. Okay. And if she did, if she ha- if she became a U.S. citizen after your grandmother was born, mm-hmm. then there's a good chance that it's good. But if she became a citizen before your grandmother was born, it's dead. A U.S. Okay. citizen. Well, so yeah, there's a lot, and there's a backup. There's like a because of COVID and because so many people, oh, yeah. you know, sure. want to leave the states, um, Italian Americans, and want to maybe retire there. There's like a four year backup just to get an appointment. At the, at the consulate. To, to, yeah. So I'm gathering documents now, which have been a, a big puzzle, right? Like there's all these pieces. I have to get birth certificate of my grandfather in Sicily. Yep. I had to hire somebody. It took a year to track that down because they move at their own pace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, I had to get death certificates, marriage certificates, everyone down the line to me. It's, right? it's, and, it's a, it's a lot of work. Cause, um, my, my other side, the Polish side, um, my grandmother spent years and years doing like the family history in a binder just of all the lineages of her side, my, my, my grandfather's side. And it was in a binder, probably about this thick and like wow. doing history on our family crest. And it's just, it was really cool to look through. I did an eighth grade report on it. It mm. was really fascinating. And now on the other side, my mom's side, the Italian side, her cousin, her cousin, Billy is doing the exact same thing with uh, my mom's side of the family. 
So my mom sent me an email like a month or two ago with the original writing, like a photocopy of the writing of Ellis Islands when one of our ancestors came through Ellis Islands and like how they had to sign their name in the ledger and everything. So family histories, all the lineage, all the paperwork, it's just, you know, someone's got to do it. <laughs> someone's got to go through and do everything. So shout out to mm-hmm. my grandmother Mimi for doing that book and my mom's wow. cousin Billy for doing that in the family history. Did it. What was the motivation? I mean, she's a teacher. So mm-hmm. she just likes knowledge. Um, and she retired. She needs something to do. And she wants something to pass on. She made photocopies because uh, my dad's the oldest of six boys. So she made copies for all her sons. Oh, um, wow. And it's just, it's sitting in my, uh, at my, at my dad's house, my parents' house back you in You probably have a lot of the documents you need. I probably, to get honestly. Polish citizenship. The Polish I, citizenship. I think, I, no, that's it. Well, you want to get EU citizenship, right? Then you could live anywhere in the EU, and then you're covered by the EU healthcare system, mm. which oh, is great, damn. right? Damn, so that's, that's a good another, point. Right? And then if you have kids, right, then your kids can probably go to school, university for free or next to nothing in the EU. So that's another reason, you know, I want to give my kids that option as well. My kids are dual citizens already. They're American and Japanese and they'll have Italian as well. So could they get like American health care? Like if I had to go to the hospital and I can go to the New York City hospital, they could build a EU insurance? Mm, I don't know oh, about that oh, okay, one. Okay, I, sure. I, I had to go to the hospital in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, so that, that like would be surgery too good to be true. or something. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. But um, American health care is so expensive. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very expensive. It's I just it's I just expensive. saved five hundred and ten dollars by taking my family, my dependents, off of my work health care, mm-hmm. and I signed them up to um, Affordable Care Act, Affordable Health Care Act. Yeah, the ACA, care Ob- Obamacare, yeah. Obamacare, right, Obamacare, right. So, so because of that, I, I'm saving five hundred and ten dollars. My my work health care wanted to jack it up. The the dependents were, I guess. They said a lot of people left it, so there's not a lot of money in the pool, so they had to jack they it up. They got to jack so, it up. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it's okay. I mean, I pay $15 a paycheck, so that's good. Damn. Right? But for my family, it was going to be, if I kept my family on it, it was going to be about $780 a month. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, I pay, I pay $92 a week for my, just, just to get the benefit. Just, 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 I pay that to pay more, to pay more. Right, right. So this, they can cover it, and I gotta pay the rest. Gotta, that's only a deductible. So I gotta pay that. You might, you to might pay be able to get on the Affordable Care Act and get it cheaper. Maybe, I mean, maybe we'll see. I mean, my my work, my work. Um, I love my job. They take very well good care of me, and the health the health insurance isn't something they can actually control. So that benefits mm-hmm. package is through the, uh, I guess, a third party con- who I'm contracted through. So it's nothing to do with my actual employer. Um, right. But hey, same thing. Yeah. Eventually, I'll I'll pay for health insurance through podcasting. So one podcast at a time. And you, you Phil, you're my very first. I know. First guest. I'm honored. 30, this, and here that. we are, 30, <laughs> 35 episodes later. This is episode 36. Um, you're crushing it, man. And counting. And I saw I saw you had a podcast. You started a podcast. I've uh, had a podcast. Oh, you've had a but podcast. I but I haven't done one in probably a year. I think right after we spoke, I did one episode. Yeah. Yeah. I have to maybe crank that up again. You know, when you have kids and you're working full time, you're working several jobs, sometimes three, four jobs at a time. It kind of takes a backseat. It's, it's yeah. a lot of time. I spend a yeah. lot of time on this. And especially cause like someone's just like, why do you cut so many clips? 
content is king, man. It's like the more content you have, the more likely someone is to see it. And like I'm trying to kind of develop my like my podcast. Philosophy. I got my scouting job out of podcasting. Really? No. Well, yeah. Well, if you know, it's called ComingToAmericaBaseball.com, the podcast. Uh-huh. And um, so I would just go to games when I was living in Korea, and I was like you. I was not every day, but every week I'd put out one or two. And I met scouts and I met scouting directors and then I met my boss and he's like, why don't you stop doing that? You know, the blog and the pot, you making any money on it? I'm like, ah, a little bit, not much. I had a Mexican restaurant as a sponsor. So for the best, finest Mexican food in in, uh, all of Tejan, it's Taco Rio, 042-242-0110. (laughs) (laughs) Churros, burritos. (laughs) So he would pay me 80 bucks a month. Poor guy went out of business. So I went out of business with him. For podcasting. And then, yeah, so the Phillies uh, hired me uh, through that. You know, I did have experience playing as uh, an amateur in high school, with mm-hmm. college club. But, um, yeah, so, you know, maybe somebody will want you to shut it off and just work for them and make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, one day. Well, I, I, I said, mm-hmm. I said, anyone has a business, you need a podcasting. Podcast is networking. Like, yeah, this is yeah. fun. You know, I, mean, I, I can oh, see. I did start another podcast. Sorry. I forgot about for the publishing company. Yes. All right. So let me through it. Right. Right. So I have a publishing company called Sports English Press. And actually, if I can plug it right now, do it. Kirsten Wachter is about to uh, do a launch her new book. Uh, it's called The Beautiful Game, English for Football or Soccer. So we focus on books for English language learners who are interested in sports. So I did the book Baseball English. I think we talked about it last time. Yep. And, and then Kirsten, who I hooked up with, hopefully – You'll have her on. She just finished the book. 100%. And she's, she's based in Germany, and she's got her own consulting company. She, does te- she teaches English, yeah, business English, and teaches in some universities. So, yeah, so we did a podcast uh, talking about her book um, and talking about the World Cup a little bit. Actually, that one's going to come out. We've got the World Cup right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, can't, I can't wait to have her on. Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you referred me. I was just like, done. Done and done. Yeah. Bill sends me someone, sure. You, you connected me with Trevor, um, another yeah. alumni, another friend of the show. We'd had a great talk about baseball. That was probably my longest podcast. I talked for almost two hours uh, today. Yeah, he's, so. He is on Japanese baseball for sure. He works for Japan Ball. Yep. And did you, do you get writer. his Monday newsletter? You get his newsletter? I do, actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I signed up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you, so it's good. Do you still follow Japanese baseball? I do, yeah, because I have to compare. Like, so, so now I'm working for... Uh, helping out Chibalote Marines over here, which is an NPB team. Um, you know, we're not, we're struggling, but uh, anyhow, we have to, you know, compare, okay, so who's this player over here compared to, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we scout American players in the AAA and, and Major League Baseball. We go for guys who are considered like 4A, not AAA, 4A, some fringy in between up and down guys or guys who could play, right? in the majors, but they're just stuck behind like a superstar shortstop or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got two, you know, middle infielders. This person's a middle, there's just no spot for them. So they're kind of, they have to stay in triple a. Um, and then they could go to Japan and, and thrive and make, make good money too. make a lot more money than they're making in the minors. So, yeah. So that's what I'm working on the baseball side. Oh, I'm glad you're still working in baseball. And recently we had the trade deadline and mm-hmm. with, all the notifications from my phone, Bleach Report, the MLB app, is saying like, hey, Soto might go here, maybe. We're not sure. Right. Who knows? Right. Like, guys, 
This, this, tell me when he signs, all right? This, tell me when he fucking signs. I don't care about rumors, <laughs> right? Um, but you as an MLB scout, what's, yeah. what's that time of the year like for you? Because it's really all-star, end of, second half, like end, after the all-star break until the deadline in August. It's just nonstop trade rumors and the hot stove and all that stuff. So as a scout, what's, what's your day-to-day like? Because if you're working for one team, I'd imagine the GM who was making those deals is going to come to you and say, who do we keep? Who can we get rid of? Give me the numbers. So what's, well, what's that they, like? What's that like? They from got the their analytics department and all that. They, okay. And they, they're on, they're working the phones with, um, you know, different GMs and stuff like that. But what they really rely on us for is uh, the scout who like sign, who, who works in the area and would know that player. They, they don't know makeup. Makeup doesn't just show up in scouting reports or in video or in analytics. That's where scouting has to continue. And there's been a big cutback in scouting. A lot of clubs are doing mostly video scouting, but you need the human element too. Um, all this advanced analytics and this uh, tracker and all that exit velo stuff like that launch angle. That's all important. That's all new, this high tech stuff, but you're never going to be able to tell what kind of person you're getting through that technology. Mm. So that's, I've gotten calls like close to trade deadlines. Like what do you, what do you got on this guy? Of course they want to know what you're thinking of as a player, but more importantly, makeup wise, you know, there was this one incident, I remember about five, six years ago, GM called us to see, okay, we heard this guy got into it with another player and, and, and I think he was in rookie ball or something. What kind of guy is he really? What's his character? Like, that's what they want to know. Um, they, they do rely on scouts and will go to scouts for their opinion during the trade line. Deadline. Absolutely. Now, do you, do you only- they have a lot of advanced scouts out there mm-hmm. who are just, you know, following guys like Soto because they're in on them, right? They might make a full trade on them. So they do have advanced scouts you know, out there doing, looking at them too. Would you, would you only talk to your GM or like, would, would like I say, if like you're working for the Mariners and someone from the Royals, like would someone from the Royals contact you or is it about, no, 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 it, would, it, would, it would only go within your organization? Yeah. You're not, as a scout, you just share information with your club and that's it. Right. But you're not supposed to, you know, that would be a conflict of interest. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. That's their job to get, to find out that information. Right. It's a competition, right? It's, it's, it's a very cutthroat business. You don't want to give uh, any good information or valuable information away like that. Right. So if, if you're coming up with like a list of prospects, um, like for example, the, the funniest part of the deadline was the Yankees traded Joey Gallo for the Dodgers 15th prospect, right? They're 15th in the rankings. Who, who comes up with those rankings? Like who determines this is the number one prospect on this team as opposed to like over and as well as overall in the whole league. So this is the top I think the team the does. And then also you have that publication baseball America, which mm-hmm. gets a lot of, uh, has a lot of, uh, influence in amateur or not amateur, uh, in, in minor, minor league, leagues, uh, and, and also amateur. Yeah. As well. Like who from the team gets to like make that decision or is it a group effort? Um, yeah, group effort. You have like a player personnel director and then you have farm director and then you have uh, coaches down on the farm and they all, you know, they need, they, they rank these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like how you said like the, the makeup, like the, like the human element, 
right? Because that's the character. the character. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing I noticed. Could you watch Jeter's The Captain, the documentary, the seven part mm-hmm. series? Yeah, that's- uh, most of it. I think I what was was what happened in the last part because I think I missed it. The, la- the last part, retirement? the last part was his retirement, his speech, and his time with the Marlins. Oh, yeah. okay. So they didn't show like his last game when no, he they did. had the walk that, that, off. Yeah, okay. yeah, they, they did that. That I was miss, I missed that one. I think that was the episode before. I think that was episode six when they had his yeah, last game at Yankee Stadium, it. and they completely mm-hmm. cut the fact that he played in Fenway the next weekend. Um, but that's okay. They didn't. They, they didn't, didn't put, they, that, they part didn't put in? that in there because that was his last at that, bat. That was his last at bat, and he like I think he walked yeah. or a single or whatever. But his they, they only showed his last at bat at Yankee Stadium. They act like that was his last game. Okay. Which, from a storytelling perspective, I get it, but it's like, listen, his last bat was, was, in, was in Fenway Park. He, yeah, right. That's the irony of it, right? The and, big and, and they cheered for him too. Of course, they, they did. He got a good, he got a nice send off from yeah. the Fenway fans. I, I, remember, I, remember, that. I remember watching it on TV because um, mm-hmm. there was speculation: is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And Gia's like, no, I'm playing. If we mean, of course, I'm playing. I owe it to the fans, and that's just the kind of guy he was. But I bring up, I bring up makeup because. That's one thing I think stood out, especially from that post-98, 99, that 2000 dynasty run when all those mm-hmm. guys were tired and Steinbrenner kind of brought in like the power, the, like the big power hitters, like the Sheffields, the Giambis, the Matsuis, um, and what have you is, and the A-Rods. because like, thousands. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Jeter and A-Rod that didn't, this, I didn't know all the, the beef between Jeter and A-Rod either. And, they didn't really play as a team. It's like they played as a team, but they didn't necessarily like, like each other. Like one of the things mm. Jeter said was, I, I could have been a better teammate. I could have like, you know, gone out after, after the games and like been a better person to them. But he had a small circle of trust and he's a megastar. So I get that too. But the, 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 the team aspects and the humanity behind the game is probably bigger in baseball than any other sport. Yeah, you have to have good camaraderie and you have to be a team player. Um, I think in any sport, but yeah, in baseball, there, you know, some guys get the stigmatization of being a prima donna and not yeah. a team player and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so that's things that, that you look for. And, the, you know, you look at somebody's social media when they're a prospect, you know, an amateur, um, you really have to do your homework on, on the makeup, especially if they're a, a stud, because, you know, you sign, you, spending investing millions of dollars into these people you want to make sure that they're the right they, they have the right head on their shoulders to to handle all this mm. yeah um and sometimes teams miss it they just don't they don't have a good area scout or they just or maybe they just don't care they figure the player can mature into it and it backfires sometimes it doesn't the player does mature so yeah, but that is a big part of the game, makeup. You'll hear that term a lot. And it doesn't get – I don't know if the public or people who, you know, who aren't on the inside realize that as much. And sometimes it's the wrong fit. Like, again, again at the Yankees, when they brought in Nick Swisher in 09 and then CeCe Sabathia, A.J. Burnett, Mark Teixeira, like, that was a huge locker room shift. And Nick Swisher was a big part of that, part of that shift in the atmosphere in the clubhouse and as well as CeCe Sabathia. And the reason why Swish stayed there for so long, yeah, his numbers might have dipped towards the end, but there's such a great, a great guy to have in the locker room because of his personality and right. the fans love him. So that, that, and who was, there was another guy too who retired maybe in the last year or two. Uh, he's an outfielder, smaller guy. Gardner? Same thing. Brett Gardner? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Similar situation. I mean, mm-hmm. you need you need the on the field leader, you need a locker room leader, you need the leader and the manager. And there's there's yeah. there's a lot of really really good managers out there. I'm glad Buck Showalter. I love. I was just about to say that. I really now that I'm not you know working for a major league team, I can root for whoever I want, and and I'm not even committed to one team. But I really you know I would like to see Buck win it. That would be great for him. That and that team has such. It's a special season for the Mets. It really is. And um, my four year old comes running in every time he hears the trumpets playing for mm-hmm. Diaz. And did you see Tommy Trumpet played uh, at City Field last night so live? I was mm-hmm. there. I was at the game the night before. I was, uh, okay. there, I was there, what's today, Wednesday, Thursday? I was there Tuesday night. Um, huh? And the Dodgers won. Um, but Tommy Trumpet, or whatever his name is, played, who, take me out to the ball game with the uh, seventh inning stretch. I saw that. So that, yeah. that was really cool. I watched a video this morning of him playing it coming out. And man, I think baseball needs a little more of that pomp and circumstance because when he comes out, like the video packages, the trumpets in the crowd, everyone's on their feet. Like it's Mr. They, and Mrs. Meta going off. Yep. They're, they've got a choreography dance. They, they it, don't yeah. go to a commercial break. <laughs> they just, they just right. bring them out. Like I was like, you know, Mo, mm-hmm. Mo had enter Sandman, but I was like, yeah, enter Sandman. Cool. But no, this is I've never this seen is something else. Like this. this is this no. is this is pro wrestling right now. This is pro wrestling. And, and right, exactly. And didn't he do it last year? But I, I don't know. It just became popular this year for whatever. Because, well, he's because a, they're so good. He's a dominant closer. He has right? the highest strikeout percentage. I think he's perfect mm-hmm. in save for save opportunities. The guy's unhittable. The guy is phenomenal. I hope he comes over to the Bronx. <laughs> I don't wearing White Sox stuff. I, just, I found this hat. When's your free agent? I have no when, idea. Not, okay. a, not a clue. I have, yeah, uh, I, I, have heard about I have three or four of my best friends are huge Met fans as well as my uncles, my cousins. So I should ask them. But the Mets, man, as a Yankee fan, I am low-key pulling for the Mets. I would love a Subway series. I would love a Subway series. It would. That's what I want. That's what I'm praying for. But the Dodgers, man, the Dodgers are on pace for 115 wins. I don't think anyone's stopping them. They got three MVPs. They got depth in the rotation. They got a strong bullpen, and they got a great manager in Dave I Roberts. I think the Mets could play. They're showing right now that they could play with them, right? Yeah. Is this one-one right now? Split. Yeah. Tonight is Scherzer yeah. versus Kershaw, and yeah. Degrom is through like seven perfect, like not perfect, but he looked incredible. Right. I mean, but they gotta stay yeah. healthy. Degrom has to stay healthy. If Degrom could stay healthy. Scherzer can stay healthy. And Scherzer. And, and Scherzer Alonso too. doesn't slump. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Mets have a great team. And when in the offseason, our last season, when I picked up Starling Marte, that's a great pickup. Kid's a great player. Great player. Yeah, uh, it's really exciting. I would love to get out to a game there. City Field, sure. City Field's I'm, great. I, I, I like it better than Yankee Stadium, and I grew up a Yankee fan. I, I do, too. Because... You know, I live in Jersey. It took me 54 minutes, give or take, and this on just under an hour to get from door to door, Hoboken to City Field. It's the seven train express. It was packed, but who cares? It was great. It took me a little over so an hour to get home. So, what do you take? The how do you get there? You take like three trains. I take I, I take the bus, the bus to Port Authority, Port Authority okay. underground to Times Square. I take the seven train to Mets World's Point, and it's right. Okay. It's, it's right there. It's super quick. It's ten bucks for the. Uh, actually, no, it's like uh by 15 bucks total for the, 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 two, the two subways and the two buses. How long would it take you to get up to Yankee Stadium? 
probably about, probably, well, honestly, probably about the same. I get the Port Authority, take the one or two train all the way up. But the Bronx is such a mm. long trip. And it's just, no, I, I, no shame on the Bronx. The Bronx is a historical part of the country as well as hip-hop and baseball. And there's nothing like the Bronx. But Yankee Stadium, it's... It's, it's a tough. Is it's, it still a tough area? It used to be. You don't want to be in that area after the game. No, you don't. Right? You, you like, still don't. They they yeah. have a little plaza outside, <clears throat> but like City Field, it's in like the industrial part of Queens, and they you go over you go over like right. the, over the boardwalk. And you got the um the, the the tennis court, the tennis stadium, um mm-hmm. Arthur Ashe because the U.S. Open was also there the same night as the Mets. Right. Because they're doing round Serena, one. Serena Serena won a, won her first match, right? I believe so. I mean, yeah, she's, she's the best she's still, I think she's still alive. Still on top. Um, she's going to retire after this, right? This is her last. I think so. Major. This is, this is her mm-hmm. last run. Last Grand Slam. Yeah. But uh, I would take I would take my friends to Yankee Stadium. I would take my kids to City Field. That's that's, that's a good way of putting it. Like the Bronx, yeah, is, Bronx family, is a little a little more grungy, a little, yeah. little more dirty, a mm-hmm. little more aggressive. Which, as a Yankee fan, that's that's who Yankee fans are, right? They're remorseless. Mets City Field is it's like, you know, Pilong Pilong's gonna strike out four times in a game and the fans won't boo him ever. They love that guy. They're dedicated to their team. They love their team. Yankee fans is like, what have you done for me lately? So it's a little more, a little more hardcore in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But well, the Mets have had their hearts broken so many times, the Mets yeah. fans. So, you know, it's the, and I think I'm pulling for them to win it more than the Yankees. They haven't won it since '86. And Buck is getting up there. This would be nice. Scherzer's getting up there. Rom, you know, he's how old is he? About 30? He's probably like 30, 30, somewhere between 34 and 36, yeah. give or take. Yeah. He's not young anymore. But this, yeah, a couple guys be their last chance. But we'll see. I mean, my Yankees yeah. started out so good. And it was like right before the All Star break, my buddy at work, Chris, just goes, Man, these Yankees, I don't know. I'm kind of getting a bad feeling. I'm like, dude, it's the All Star. It's right before the All Star break. Just let it ride. And then they're having the worst August since probably the eighties. They're 80s. still in first place by how many games? Oh, like um, probably eight, eight or nine, yeah. give or take. But they gotta beat the they gotta beat the Astros. Actually, it's six games now. It's down to six. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Tampa's won eight of the last ten. Baltimore was on some run. Baltimore's above five hundred. Red Sox are in last mm-hmm. place right now. Yeah. Baltimore's uh, 68 and 61. Yeah. Seven games above 500. Yeah, the Red Sox are under 500. Good. That's a disappointment. Screw them. I hate the Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) I I grew up hating them, but now it's like whatever. Yeah. When you get into working in baseball, it's like it's kind of sad. You lose your your fandom part of you, right? Yeah. So, but like hockey, I'm still crazy about the Islanders and. Well, the Jets, there's not much to, much to root, root for. But out here, we got the Raiders, who I think are going to make some noise this year. Derek Carr, he's still your quarterback? He's the quarterback. He's the guy. I mean, he gets the job done. He got him winning the playoffs. Um, he's righted the ship after all that Gruden stuff happened. Yeah. And then the, I think one of the receivers uh, you know, killed someone in a DUI. There was a lot of drama last year with that team. Well, there's a lot of drama in the NFL regardless. Like this whole Deshaun, yeah. Watt, the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And he got to spend like, what, a few games where someone bet on, bet, on, bet on a game and he was gone for the whole season. Man, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in sports. But this, this baseball season has been very exciting. There's a, 
I, I noticed this during the All-Star break, the home run derby. Baseball's fun again. And the it players... And, and my kids are seven and four, and they're loving it. Like, every time Otani hits a home run, like, my wife, you know, automatically gets the, uh, the message from Japan on the mm-hmm. phone with the news update. And she knows it before I do, because, I, I, you know, I'll check the phone sometimes. And then Judge, my, uh, you know, my, my son is loving that Judge is hitting all these home runs. So I feel like a little kid again. I'm kind of living through them. And then I asked my son, he, he, he likes the Yankees. I said, why? Because of Judge? He said, no, because of Babe Ruth. Because Babe Ruth is talked about a lot in Japan. Because really? of Otani, right? Yeah. Okay. Because they call Otani the Babe Ruth, the Babe Ruth of, Japan, of Japan, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But, you know, I was looking at Babe Ruth's numbers. Like, they were sick. He had like a 2.5 ERA. Um, oh, it's going to be a while if Otani ever does catch him in, in, in the pitching department. Yeah. I mean, he could, because Ruth didn't pitch that long into his career. He get, Yeah, for the last, I don't know what year, amount of years it was. When he was at the Yankees, he only pitched like, I think, five times or something. Yeah, with the Red Sox. He, he was he could start the Red Sox, played maybe like four or five years. When was, when was his debut? Like 1917-ish? Came to the Yankees in 20-something? Well, it was the same year the Titanic sunk. So, so 1912. Uh, so something he, like that. So he debuted in 12? I think, let's see. Let's pull it up here. Yeah, on let's, go, let's go to the Google machine. <laughs> uh, career, this, this dead career air. run. No, dead air stays in. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, debuted Hall of Fame induction 1936. Date date joined 19 to 1920. 1914. 1914. Yeah. So he so yeah, he pitched 35. Wow. So he, he pitched and he died a year later. No, he died in Hall of Fame a year later. He died in 48. Um, Pigtown, Baltimore. Larry, he's born in Pigtown. Amazing. Um, so 1914 to 1920. So he pitched six years, give or take. Something then, like that. But plus a little more with the Yankees. Let's say give him seven. Let's give him a grace year, seven years. So Otani's been pitching, what's his third? This is Otani's third year? Um, well, if you want to count Japan. Yeah, only, 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 count, only count in the States. Only count in MLB. Yeah. So he came over 1912. Remember, he missed a year because of Tommy John. He didn't pitch. So I think he came over 18, 19. He might've missed. He got hurt at the end of 18. Short year in 20. He might have hit. Uh, so 18, 19, 20, 21. This is his fifth year already in the big leagues. That's hard to believe. Let's give that a Google. Uh, yeah. He debuted. Damn, he's only 28 years old. He just turned 28 in July. Mm-hmm. July um, 5th, right? Yep. MLB debut. 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, he was 24. But he missed a year, I think, of pitching. He might have hit uh, at some point in 19 or 20. What, whatever, one of those years. I think it was 19 is when he had the Tommy John or I mean, 18. If, if he stays healthy, man, Tommy John's hard to bounce back from, but... Clearly, he has his pitching numbers have been. What's his what's his pitching numbers been? Because he he can be a little streaky on the oh, mound. Oh, he should have so many more wins. They, well, that they that's a given. No that's support, a given, right? He's got ten wins, so he's the first. He's the first since Babe Ruth to have ten wins, and I think it's twenty home runs in the season. 
Okay. He finally tied that record. Okay. So he's got he's got oh, I think he's got close to thirty home runs. He's got he's there. got a lot he of just strikeouts. Three run homer last night. Yeah, I know, and that's what caused the Yankees the game. Thanks, Otani. Is anyone is anyone going to hit it? Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. They're what, out. They were out in Anaheim. What do you, What do you think of the MVP race, Judge or Otani? Judge. Judge, yeah, um, hands down. Judge. I mean, Otani's making down. it competitive, but Judge is having. I mean. He has 50, 50 home runs or something, 52? 51. He's got 51 right now. 51? I mean, this yeah. this is my thing Tony's on Judge. Tony's got 30 home runs. He's I love 269. Judge is hitting for average, too. He's hit, he is hitting over 300, and he's got 100 RBIs. Mm-hmm. So, and it's September. Well, Tony has, I don't know how many RBIs he has. Not not as many as Judge. He's probably in the 80s. 82. 82. 82. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not his fault. It's, he's on the Angels. Right, it's not and his fault. I imagine, and he finally got Trout back with some protection, but Trout's not. Something's going on there. It's, he's not what he was. Imagine he's, Otani. He's, he's got that back problem, right? Yeah, he, he had that weird back problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully it's not. He said it might be for the rest of his career, but you gotta you gotta admit, Judge. Uh, sorry, Trout is on the downside now of his career. Yeah, he's over thirty, right? Or is he just right? thirty? He's right around there. He's 29-30, but if he's injured, yeah. He's got that big deal. Um, Trout, to me, he should be a megastar. I mean, he's a a baseball megastar, but he's not like a pop culture icon. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's not a LeBron. He's not a Tom Brady. He plays plays on the, you know, he doesn't play on the Yankees or the Dodgers. That's true. But neither does Otani, but Otani's still a megastar. He's a two-way player. Nobody's done this, right? But Trout is the face of baseball still, I think. We talked about this last year. Yeah. Him and Otani. Well, maybe it's changed. Maybe it's not Trout anymore. Last year they said Otani and then now Judge, right? It could be Judge. If Judge breaks this record... It will be Judge, and Judge is that good. I mean, this is this. He's never gonna have a better season than this season ever, ever. I, I he might bat three hundred, he might get fifty home runs, but he's not gonna have both. I don't think ever again after this season because he's also thirty. He's also approaching the tail end of his 30. career. This is a contract year, yeah, which is probably more motivation. Yeah, you know, like he, the contract he's year. Got, he's got his. Yeah, he's like, can I have you know going into the season got. Little goes back to the wall a little bit because he's got, he he's got chip on his shoulder. Offer, he's got chip. Right? Honestly, I, yeah. at first I was like, "Man, Judge, you turned down the highest Yankee contract in history," mm-hmm. and he's thinking, "I'm gonna get more." And I, yeah, I, I don't care if the Yankees win World Series. I don't think they're going to. You give Judge a blank check and say, "As long as it's under like 500 million, it's yours. <laughs> as long as it's not over 500 million, it's yours." You think he's gonna go back to the Yankees? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think so too. Not a doubt in my mind. Listen, Judge, I think to a fault in baseball is loyal. And I think the Yankees are gonna take care of him because they know he's worth it. They know the fans love him. They know he's gonna put asses in seats, and they know he's the face of baseball. And I think Judge is also a smart businessman to the point where I don't remember who said it. it might have been Michael Casho or someone else on a podcast or radio made the argument of Judge is going to make more money in the long run in New York than anywhere else because of the market, because of the sponsorships, because of the deals he can make in and outside of baseball, the commercials, right? You're not going to get that in anywhere else other than L.A., and L.A. is stacked right now. The L.A. can't afford Judge. There's no room for Judge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he could, where, like, where else could he get it? Boston? Maybe. Maybe. But Boston has to be good. And the Boston GM and their, and their leadership. Giants. He's from the area. He's, from the, he's not far from the, I think he grew up in Fresno. Maybe grew up a Giants fan. Okay. That's one team that's talked about. In the, in Maybe the Giants, but do you think. They he, have money. Do you think he'll get more media exposure in San Fran than he will New York or just as much? I don't think he's going to get more than New no. York. No, but maybe he wants to go home. You never know. Maybe. Might, they might woo him. We'll see. He's definitely going to um, weigh his options after this season. Yeah. Right? And yeah. We'll see what happens. But I, I, th- I, I would think he's going to stay with the Yankees. I think, I, think he's, I think he's, he's homegrown. You know, it's that, well, they're going to pay him. You know, Brian Cashman, there's rumors of him this being his last year, maybe. So who knows? But a new GM comes in. I mean, he's. not want to. He's been with the team since the early '90s as like an assistant GM. Twenty um, years working on working on a Steinbrenner as, as GM. Yeah, something like that. He's been a GM yeah. since like '98. Yeah, a little little longer. He took over for uh, I think it was Bob Watson. Yeah. Um, now yeah. now it's in G's documentary. That's how I know all that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Cashman needs to go. In my opinion, um, oh, he's made so much money and done so much. He's had so much success and. <laughs> Granted, you know, going into the trade deadline, he did a great job because he did everything the Yankees, he got everything the Yankees needed. Outfielder, Benatendi, got him. And he's starting to play, play better again. Pitcher, got him. He's been a bust so far. So that's unfortunate. Reliever, got him. Don't know what he's been doing. Uh, the yellow outfielder, I don't, know why, I don't know why I traded Jordan Montgomery. Why the fuck did you trade Jordan Montgomery? He did and big left-hander, right? Yeah, and he, he's in the Cardinals throwing, like, shutout ball right now. Now, granted, he had a really bad June and a pretty bad July, so he wasn't pitching great. Yeah, you know, some of those things, you never know the real story either. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, why did the Islanders fire Barry Trotz? I'm baffled, right? Like, okay, he brought them to the, uh, the semifinals twice, one game away from the Stanley Cup. Okay, last year was a tough year. First 13 games were on the road because the, uh, the new arena wasn't ready. Then one, uh, a string of games, they had like most of their lineup out with COVID and they wouldn't cancel the game. So last year was a wash for the Islanders, in my opinion. But I don't know what happened. Something must have happened there with uh, Lou Lamarillo and him that will come out later. That's the thing I love about history is it's glamorous because you, get, you don't get the story for years later. Yeah. Right, so I, I like I like I like history in that regard. It's right now, you know what's going on in the world. We don't get the whole story until years later. Things no, come yeah, out. Before, like, right, right, right when it's too late, and right when mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, and everyone who should have been punished is either dead or it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I, I want to find. I want the. I want those classified files to be released on JFK before I die. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Right. Yeah, I've been there and I looked at it and I'm like, there's no way that one lone gunman pulled this off like and they had photos with uh you know smoke coming out of the bushes and this off to the side there i i believe that this was done this like he took the fall uh lee harvey oswald he may even he may have even taken a shot but i think there were other people involved see i don't think that's where the conspiracy is personally like they have i i've we're not going to get a JFK. We can get the JFK. Fuck, let's do it. Um, J- <laughs> JFK, we can go from Mike Trout to JFK. I love it. Um, JFK is interesting. 
because I've seen plenty of things and like he got those shots off in like what three to six seconds, the three shots. Mm -hmm. Now I have seen it recreated with that rifle. It is possible he got the shots off. You know, Lee Harvey Oswald spent a lot of time in Russia. He was an elite sharpshooter. So it is yeah. possible that the, the lone gunman theory is possible. It's possible. I'm not going to say it's probable, but it is possible. I think the big conspiracy is what the CIA, did the CIA do it? At what? How much was? And the, why was why was Oswald assassinated right after it? Yeah, and, the mob, and Jack like, Ruby, Jack and, Ruby, who had ties to the mob in the nightclub, and yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions that need to be answered with JFK. And like most things, the questions come from how much was the government involved, how much did they know, and what did they let happen? Because the CIA was not happy with JFK. He put the whole kibosh on um, getting into Vietnam Bay earlier. Or Bay of Pigs. Right. And, like, they wanted yeah. to, like, blow up a ship and blame it on Cuba so they could invade mm -hmm. Cuba and get Castro. Like, and JFK was just like, what are you, nuts? Like, he had a he had a speech warning about secret societies and, and the CIA and the NSA and the FBI and this, that, and the other. And, and his brother was going after the mob and the internal, like, so... Right, they and he was Catholic. Like, like the establishment in quotes, the, the the powers that be did not like JFK. They mm -hmm. people in government definitely want him dead. So, to me, I want to know what the government knew and what they let happen. That's the real conspiracy to me. And didn't his dad make a deal with the mob that that he didn't follow through with? That's because rumored. He died. That that's right? rumored. That they, that, yeah. that his dad also a shady character uh, was mm -hmm. involved. With the mob to help him. Oh no! It was like um, who was the guy in Chicago? The big gangster. Uh, they got him on Al tax Capone? evasion. Capone, like Capone and his Capone. crew, and like the unit, the the mm -hmm. unions. Like the, he made a deal with the devil to help him get elected. Which, if you know anything about JFK's dad, he totally would have done. Because <laughs> how he got his money was also really shady with the mob. So, but he was a bootlegger. Bootlegger, exactly. Right. And that's a prohibition. So what I love now, speaking about things that are coming out years later are these podcasts with these ex-mobsters, like Sammy the Bull Gravano. Mm -hmm. He's got like a half a million a viewers on YouTube. He's got a podcast. Right? He's got a podcast. He's got a podcast. And he's, and he's doing like, he's doing, he's, he's got advertisers, you know, like yeah. for going to therapy. I mean, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I Honestly, dude, I, I can. But his stories are great. I should, and I should really, reach out to him. I can get his email. I'll find should. it. See if he wants to yeah. come on. Like, yeah, what do you know about JFK? Well, one of these guys, you know, there's a whole, there's a guy called uh, Jimmy Calandra who grew up in that Bath, uh, Bensonhurst neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Bath Avenue. Like, he, he might come on the podcast. He's, well, he's got, he, he wasn't in the mob, but he was around it and went to jail and all that and cooperated. There's well, he, a lot of guys who are coming out now who, who cooperated. Um, there's another guy, Michael DeLinardi or something like that. He's got a new podcast now. He was a captain in the Gambino family. Well, these are really these would be really good interviews for you. I would love to. Well, here's here's a little secret, Phil. Because I know you do have a podcast as well. Um, if you ever want to at least blindly reach out to someone who has a podcast, here's a little secret. And a podcast is distributed through what's called an RSS feed, um, mm -hmm. and it, every single RSS feed is publicly available, meaning you can go into a line of code and read everything that's in it. And every RSS feed needs to have an email address associated with it. So if you can get that ah. source code, you can find the email. Now, is that mm -hmm. email active? Are they going to answer to you? No idea. 
Couldn't tell you. If you find mine, it's will at APSpodcast.com. Mine's very active. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, that's how you that's how you find me. Um, but every podcast has an, has an email on the RSS feed. Now, some of them, if you use a pod, if a platform like Anchor, they generate it so it's just a random number and it's like one of those randomly generate generated uh emails. So you won't find any luck there. But if it's hosted independently or through other services, the email address will be there. Um you can give out a blind email and hopefully they answer you. So I'll I'll look into that talking to some mobsters because I would love to talk to a mobster. Like, yo, I'm Italian from Boston. We got how much? Yeah, how much? Yeah. How much I mean, do you hate? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> I got me from Black Mass. How much do you hate him? Whitey Bulger. How much do you hate Whitey? Oh, Whitey Bulger. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah, Sammy the Bull did the podcast on him. He actually uh, didn't like him. Well, I mean, he did some really bad things. Like, well, also up in up like, in, up in Boston was the north north end and south end. Last, didn't he? There was some sexual assault or something on him something i don't know if it was with children or women or something but that was mentioned mm. yeah whitey well, bulger whitey yeah. bulger irish mob which is southie against the italian mob up in boston which is north end mm-hmm. so yeah they don't they don't like each other they never have never will i did i think the uh, the westies worked with uh when paul castellano was the was the boss of the gambino family he actually hired the westies to do some work so they did they did do some work together. Yeah. Well, the mob, the whole mob culture, like like the like the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies New York mob scene and five families and all the crime and it's not what it was. It's no, finished. Not, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty much non-existent. They still exist, but they're pretty much non-existent. Thanks, Giuliani. Yeah. The one good thing it did in this country. Um, yeah. But it's fascinating. It's just it's just a fascinating time in American history and how tied, especially, it it's is. Not, especially Italian history, Italian American history. Um, in the Almerta, um, Code of Silence. Well, they built America too. Like they, they had did. their hands in construct. Yeah. They built New York City. They built Vegas. You know the old Vegas. Yeah. Before it became corporate. So they did. You know a lot of people should give them credit for that for their for building this country. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's also, you know, a lot of people don't. A lot of Italian Americans uh, don't want to be associated with that at all. A lot of them do. They, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, if someone, if someone assumes I'm a mob, I'm like, no, you're an idiot. But uh, if someone assumes my family has mob ties, I'm Italian, you're an idiot. But it's like, as an Italian, can I say I'm proud of it? Pride is a weird word to use, but I acknowledge it and I appreciate it for what it is because it's part of, like it or not, it's part of my history. It's part of my, mm-hmm. my culture's history. You know, you, t- you take yeah. the good and you learn from the well, bad. Pe- people, especially when you leave New York, every a lot of people think you're a mobster. Yeah. You're from New York and you're yeah, Italian. Yeah, it's, it's fun to think. Right? So yeah. it's a secret society, first off. Right? Like, not many people are in it. You ever see those, you know, those old um, uh, FBI or, or police, uh, they have the photos of the whole thing, right? The mm-hmm. whole structure, the whole yeah. layout of the family. There weren't that many people in it. Yeah, didn't All need to right. be. Didn't need to be. It's yeah. just, you know, loose lips, yeah. loose lips sink ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so. do, do you think, do you think a baseball team will ever come to Vegas? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if the A's are going to. They, you know, like, I don't know if you've been keeping up with that. They've been working towards getting a new stadium it. in Oakland right on the water, and, yeah. and it seems to be going through. But they keep coming back here and meeting with Vegas, with officials here, and even the governor. I'm talking about the president, Dave Cavall. So 
I don't know. A lot of people think they're kind of using Vegas as leverage, you know, for, for Oakland. That's fair. Um, but I would, yeah, I think there's going to be a team that comes here. This city can handle it. There's going to be, they're, they're breaking ground soon on an NBA arena. So that's going to be, that, that'll be one of the, why don't, why don't, have why don't they major, use the hockey arena, the Knights? It's not built for uh, basketball. Not built for basketball? Fair enough. Well, the Angels, the Angels are up for sale. Maybe they'll come over. Wow, that yeah, maybe I don't know. I think they'll stay there. That I haven't heard anything about that. I think it. I don't know what the lease is with the city of Anaheim, but I think the problem with uh, Oakland is that it's the worst stadium in baseball. It's like falling apart. Yeah, it's gross. They have like caution tape up. Like you can't even walk on some of the steps. Um, it's it's a real, for lack of a better term, shithole. I mean, and they don't get any fans because yeah. the fans don't know what the hell's going to happen. And the team's right? bad. So, and the team's bad. And the team's bad. Yeah, they, I think they had yeah. some the other night. They had like 3,000 fans. The team is good. The Las Vegas Aviators. Go check them out when you come here. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about AAA because I know you're, yeah. big, you're big into minor league baseball. And I want to know some of the next prospects coming up and who, who your big prospects are. But sticking to Vegas. Well, I loved uh, Langoliers. who finally got the call up from Oakland. He's a first-round pick from Baylor. The guy okay. can rake. He's a catcher. So he, when I saw him, I'm like, well, let me check the roster. There's no way that this guy is, is going to be, you know, 28 years old or 27. Most of AAA is, sadly, it's kind of a, a burial ground for guys who are just stuck. They're just organizational guys at this point. Some of them will move up. Some of them will stay there for a minute after AA for a few minutes and then go to the big leagues. But if you look at the rosters, a lot of them are guys in their late 20s who have been picked up in free agency, um, just been around for a while. They're kind of like organizational fillers. If you need a guy to come up, you know, they'll, they'll bring them up. Guy gets hurt or something. Or you just need guys to be in the organization to play, right? to keep the org going, all those right. organizational guys. But there are a lot of guys who, like I said, they're clogged. They got superstars ahead of them, um, and they can play in Japan. Right? Japan needs guys that throw above ninety-five. The average velocity in Japan is like ninety-one, right? Ninety, ninety-one. We're here in, in the states in MLB. It's like ninety-six, right? So you need guys like that over in Japan. You need power hitters in Japan, corner corner infielders, corner outfielders, stuff like that. Um, those are the type of guys you look for in Japan. They got enough speedy guys who can play uh, very good defense and, and hit for average. That's not a problem. Well, what's what's the um, what's the pay like in Japan? Because if a minor leaguer, I know that minor leagues just got the new deal structured under under that the, the, the previous lockout at the beginning of the season. Which honestly, I completely forgot the lockout even happens. Um, it's been such a good year of baseball. But like, what? How do you? How is the pay in the minor leagues compared to the pay in Japan? Oh, it's going to be way more in Japan. We're yeah. talking about like places like Japan and Korea. They'll give guys a million dollars to two million dollars, guaranteed. Really? Right? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, and 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 the, you know in the, in the minor leagues they're not making nearly as much as that. The league minimum is seven hundred. So some guys in the minor leagues are making I don't know. 15,000 for the season or something like that, plus meals and, and you know, but it's not enough money to live on. Triple A? They make They're 15? living off of signing bonuses, a yeah. lot of them. Even, so, even AAA, I know like double A, even single A, 
they can make yeah, like 15,000, but even AAA makes like some, 15, some 30, guys who get, it depends. Some get a, get like a split contract or like a major league contract. Mm -hmm. They'll make more. Some guys will make 10, 15,000 uh, a month, but some guys are only making like 15,000 for the season. Mm. Now what about like, yeah. what about college baseball? Cause I was talking to my friend the other day and you know, college basketball, huge college football, massive college baseball. People forget about it. Like that people are just like, oh yeah, it's college baseball. Now, why, why is something like that? Is it, is it because MLB, you can still go directly to, you can be drafted out of high school. You don't need to, you don't need to do a year of college. Like why isn't college baseball bigger and more important? Like, I don't think it's pretty good. I think like, you know, they've got the world series and you've got guys, so they have to stay three years before they can get drafted. Right, they can't unless you're in a junior college. If they okay, go, if they, if so, if, so if they go to college and decide to go to college, they have to stay there for three years. Unlike football, years. they can do one and go. Right. Okay. They got to stay for three years. Um. So no, there's a lot of pitchers who come out and they're ready. They're ready. Like, um, oh, what's his name for the Yankees? He came out of Nebraska uh, and he went right to the big leagues. He went to maybe AAA or AA for a minute. But the same season, like he graduated in May or finished in May, and he was up in the big leagues by the end of the summer. You know what I'm talking about? The flies and or those gnats. Oh, Jabba, 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 Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba Chamberlain. So there's guys like that. There's other guys um, who came out. Uh, David uh, Price. Um, you know, he, he some in, a lot of pitchers. A lot more pitchers make it, I'd say, than than hitters. But no, college is pretty good. And, and then the other thing is guys come out, even the hitters, they come out polished, right? So they're more polished. Uh, and then they go right into maybe like double A or high A or something like that. Mm -hmm. They don't have to develop them as much. So I think college is pretty good. So if, if some guys, uh, it's very hard to make a lot, to, you know, you could get drafted out of high school, mm -hmm. right? There's so many rounds, 30 rounds. But the thing is, you might not, you might not make any money. Right, unless you get drafted in the first or second round. Right. So if they're not going to be a first or second round pick, it's like I'll go to college for three years and develop there and get an education, get it paid for, and then I'll get drafted. And they'll get drafted higher if they develop. So if, if you're like a, if you're fresh out of high school, right? Like uh, say it's your son, right? He's like a great shortstop, and he's projected to be like one of the top twenty baseball players out of high school in the country. Would you advise him to go to the draft, to go to the minors, or do three years of college? Take education, payment out of it. Just in fact of my goal is to be a baseball player. Education has a backup oh, plan. It's nothing to do with if it. If you give me the first round, you're going to get the money. I would say go for it. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, some guys don't want to go to come pro right away. They want to go to college. Yeah. But most guys that Especially that athletes want to go have some fun, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of guys that are first-round picks – you know, you're risking like losing that money. Like what if you get hurt and then you're never going to see that money again. Yeah. Right. Like your career ends. So I, 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 most, most cases, like I know this year they had um, Paul Crawford's son here in Las Vegas. He got drafted out of uh, Bishop Gorman high school, which is like a, a stud high school for football, basketball, and baseball. Um, blue chips come out of it all the time. He, he went, with the Phillies in the first round. I, I forgot what pick he was, top 10, and, you know, he got paid. I forgot, you know, probably 
eight million or something like that. Um, but yeah, most guys will come like if they're going to be projected to be top first round pick, they usually go. We'll we'll take it and, 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 yeah. and be drafted. That, yeah. that makes sense. Well, luckily mm-hmm. this this season baseball there haven't been many crazy injuries. You know, there've been a few Yankees bullpens gotten beaten up a little bit, but in terms of like major setbacks and in terms of like other than Trout being out a few months, it's been a pretty good year. It's been a pretty healthy year for the most of baseball. Um which is good cuz a few years there a lot of major stars were getting hurt. The Yankees got beat up a lot in the past few years. Um but you know, staying healthy it's hard to do in baseball. Like people like to tell me that baseball is not a physical sport. I'm like, it can be. It's it's not especially you know, if you're Otani playing playing both uh, two way, even if he's pitching once a week. Still, and you're doing it from every that? single day, 162 mm-hmm. games with. All right, so the baseball season's April to September, April to the end of September. How many days off do you think they get? Not including travel days, because I don't consider a travel day a day off. This just a, just a regular uh, day off. Maybe once a month. Yeah, so maybe you're talking like yeah, a dozen, a dozen yeah, days off. Maybe you just get to, once a month. You get, you get to do nothing and see your kids, mm-hmm. and then and you have travel days for the road trips sprinkled in between those. Maybe like it's, it's scouting is hard too during the season. You don't see your family. Yeah, full time scouts, right? They're on the road all the time. You travel with the team, you know? Yeah, they travel, follow you know wherever their coverage is. Track, you know, running down pitchers, especially amateur pitchers are hard to, to run down because they only pitch like once a week and you've got to build your schedule around them and, and high school pitchers, you know, you, you might find out the day before when they're going to pitch. So there's a lot, it's really hard to cover amateurs. Um, the other thing like Japan and Korea, they get Mondays off. There's no baseball. Mm-hmm. And so they get, they get that one and the travel so easy. Like in Japan, the most you're going to travel is two hours in the same time zone. Yeah, it's the like island. It's up, up like guys yeah. come over from Japan or Korea and play here. You know, it's 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 really hard the first year getting used to that travel. Well, wh- why do they take Mondays off? Is that a cultural thing? That's a good question. Hmm. I have to find out, but I don't know. I guess it's just part of the – it's been a tradition. It's part of the sport. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's less games. It's 140 games a year in yeah. Japan. Still a lot. <laughs> still like a that. lot. No, the, the travel. It's still a lot. The travel that's going up, up and down the islander islands of Japan makes it definitely a lot, a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. You take the Shinkansen, the high speed train from Tokyo to Osaka. It's an hour and a half, you know, or you can fly from Sapporo all the way up in the north, which is Hokkaido, down to Fukuoka. Mm-hmm an hour and less than two hours. That's the longest journey. It's yeah. going to be like two hours it's by, like, by yeah. air. That'd be like New York to, well, driving New York to Philly. About two hours. Yeah, something like that. All right, let's wrap up with umpires. Because this, this has been, this has been a, a thorn in my side all season. Oh, I saw it for the first time this year. They have the, um, the umpire behind home plate in AAA uh-huh. who has an earpiece in his ear, and he's not calling the balls and strikes. The robot is, and but he he's so yeah. In AAA, they have they have. I've the, heard uh, about this. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think he's calling like this average fan? You roll and you're like, oh, strike ball. But he, he's getting it in his ear. He gives the hand they've signals. Got all these, they got, yeah, <laughs> no, they got yeah. They got the security cameras like in the outfield now. 
extra cameras to, uh, you know, to call balls and strikes. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, it's more fair for pitchers. I guess it's fair. It's, it's fair it's for more everybody. fair for hitters too. Yeah, it's for, for more fair. Air, ah, it's a long day. Fair for hitters for everybody. But I do miss the arguing, uh, like at first base. You know, over over. Uh, you know, now you have the instant replay, and it kind of takes all that out. Then you'd have arguing with balls and strikes, which you still have at major league level. But yeah. now I don't know if it's every game or it was just piloted. But I did see a few games and read about it in the Las Vegas Review Journal that they had these umpires there who were um, basically robots. Well, okay. So here's here's my big <laughs> my big whole spiel when it comes to like robotic umpires, the human element of the game, mistakes are part of the game, like all all this all this jazz. I understand from an MLB's perspective the wants and desire for a robot umpire mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, MLB is a business. It really is. And there are millions, if not hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars at stake for who wins the World Series. Signing bonuses, team bonuses, like everything. Mm-hmm. Like fans, everything. You want it to be right. The most important thing in sports is that the winner is determined by the right calls and it's fair. So by that logic, I understand robot umpires. It's the best move for business. And the biggest thorn in the side of MLB right now really is bad umpires and blown calls. And they have to speed up the game, which they're doing at the minor league level. They have, they have clocks now on the pitcher. Yeah. It's 20 seconds in between from when they get the ball to and, having to deliver. And they have to speed up the game. However, my thing is I am – I am a baseball conservative. I am as conservative as conservative can be when it comes to baseball. Uh, maybe starting after Jackie Robinson. I'm not that conser- not that conservative. So like right. when it comes to the, when it comes to the rules and the uh, the integrity of the game. Like when I play um, MLB the Show on my Nintendo Switch, I have umpire blown calls turned on because the human aspect, the humanity, is part of the game. Making a mistake, making a blown call is part of the game. It's unfair to you now, but it's going to be unfair to them later. And I just, I like the fact that it's a human game. Mistakes happen. And at the end, it kind of works itself out. Like, yeah, it's a blown call. It's part of the game. It's part of the fun. It's baseball. That's what baseball always has been. It doesn't necessarily need to be fixed. Now, in terms of the speed of the game, man... I understand that casual people say baseball is slow. It takes too long and this, that, and the other. That's what I like about baseball. Are you okay with putting a runner on second in extra innings? I'm split on that too. At first, I hated it. Again, baseball purist, I hated it. Yeah. But when it comes comes to – It's not going to change, right? Like I don't think it's ever going to go back. I think they are going back. I think next season they're going back. They're going back. Part part of the the players to lock lock, lock out earlier before the season was – Part the extra inning rule. I think they're going back oh, okay. to it. Um, but the speed of the game, baseball has always been a slow game. You know, half well, that'll of- slow it down. See, the reason why I like that is because in Japan, right, they play twelve innings and then it's a tie. Right, I so don't like, like you that can get out. You're not going to be as a scout. I love it. I'm not going to be in the ballpark till four in the morning. Mm. <laughs> like, get out of there at a reasonable time. Plus, I think it has to do with the trains there. 
the trains really stopped. The train running schedule. At like midnight. Yeah, that's fair. right. That's so fair. That's you fair. Have to, you have to get people out of there. Yeah. You got to go home. Um, but, when, when it comes to the runner on second and actually, um, so that's I, going away. See, I like that because it speeds it up and you're, you're not watching the game till three well, in the that's, morning. That's not why I like it. I, I hate it because it feels like cheating. It's just like, really? This is how you win? Um, I think it'd be better if it was first base, personally. Um, but, and Alan, Alan Schoenberg, friend of the show, talked to me about this. He's like, I like it from a manager's perspective. And because managers talk about it, managers love the rule because it brings mm-hmm. in a brand new strategy to the game. Like if you have, if you have like, you have to use your bench. Yeah. You use your bench smartly. Mm-hmm. What have you? Cause if you go into mm-hmm. the top of the 10th inning, right. And say it's like your star catcher, like, um, like a, like a Joe, if Joe Mauer is still in the league, like five years ago, Joe Mauer is guy on second base. Do you take Joe Mauer out to put in, like a Starling Marte off your bench to be a speedy runner, then who's going to play catcher in case it doesn't work? And say you have Aaron Judge up, you're going to bunt with Aaron Judge, right? Like it's it raises a lot of questions as a manager. What do I do here? And the fact that the Yankees had like nine innings in a row where they couldn't get that run home from second is just embarrassing. So there's that as well. So there's parts I like about it. There's parts I don't like about it. Um, it's growing on me. But as a baseball purist, I do like the fact that, listen, you got to earn it. And a man on second base feels a little less earned to me. So it's going away. Is sure it's going away after this year? Maybe. Maybe it's the next year. Maybe I, maybe, I, maybe I read it wrong. Maybe it's staying. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know. They've had success with it. Like, it eliminates these marathons. So, okay. We'll have to see. Because I read here, MLB Players Association agreed to keep automatic runners. Maybe they agreed to keep it. Maybe, maybe yeah. I was misinformed. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. End of, end of the season, at least, and we'll see what's going on, going on the next season. But uh, playoff playoff predictions. Who's winning the World Series and who are they beating and how many games? Oh, wow. Hmm. I, I want to go with the Mets. I mean, I love Buck Go with the Mets, Walker. man. Go with the Mets. And, uh, you know, it's a special season. I'm loving uh, Diaz's entrance. I mean, it's just, it's like wrestling, right? Like you said, it's, it's, I've never seen an entrance like that in, uh, since like wrestling. Yeah. Right? Like Hulk Hogan coming out. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, come on, pitch a knife, brother. Or like, <laughs> or, you know, like even the Bulls, the whole team came out to that, that, I don't know the name of the song. That was pretty exciting. But this is next level. No, this is next level entrance. Never seen anything like that. And the kids love it. Everybody loves Everyone it. Everyone loves it. Mr. and Mrs. Matt love it. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. So you're going with the Mets, who they beat in the American League. Astros, Yankees. Uh, I don't know who else could even in I contention. think the Astros are the team to beat right now. They are. A thousand percent. Yeah. Even with Verlander hurt right now, the Astros yeah. are the team to beat. Yeah. But I, I feel like it could be the Mets here. That's I'm just gonna go with it. So Mets, I'm enjoying, Mets of the Astros. I really enjoy watching them, and I'm happy. I have a lot of fa- my mom's a Mets fan. A lot of family are Mets fans. My dad's a Yankees fan, but they've had enough championships. I'm I'm still gonna go Yankees <laughs> over Mets in six. That's my prediction. All right, I'm totally wrong, but that's what I'm gonna go with. That's what my heart's telling me. I'm a baseball fan. I go with my heart. Yeah, you're a Yankee fan. I know. Yeah, it could happen. I went to the every game of the Subway Series in 2000. I was working. 
for Fox Sports with Joe Buck. Yeah, uh, awesome. I was helping out with the stats in the, in the, uh, in the booth. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. And then after that, I was like, okay, now I can leave New York. That Right after that next year, I left New York for good. So I think I was like, I've seen it all. <laughs> Nothing else to do. You reached yeah. your peak. All right, Phil. Maybe you're going to move. Maybe you're going to leave New York. You're going to build a podcast studio in Arizona if, if you do see a Subway series. Maybe. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I, I, I love Jersey. I love Hoboken. My family's here. Um, I'm, yeah. ne- I'm never going back to Boston. That's for sure. You know, my family's there. Um, I'm thinking. You don't about- mind the weather on the East Coast? I hate it. Honestly, I, I, I absolutely hate the winter. Honestly, I, pr- I prefer it. Um, because. I think of other parts of the country, you know, the South has hurricanes. No, thank you. The South has that heat. No, thank you. The West is dry and there's no water and there's fires. No, thank you. Um, but, uh, well, there, have you been to Southern California? No. Uh, there's, there's no better weather. Yeah, I know. It's super expensive. I know. But Vegas isn't, yeah, we, we don't have much water and Lake Mead keeps, bodies keep popping up from the 70s and 80s or whatever you've heard about this yeah i have so that's 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 a big problem that's a big no for me so i definitely want to settle down and live it's big it's big and it's important for me like i live in hoboken right now which is like a small city actually it's actually it is a city Um, sinatra Sinatra and baseball elysian fields um i want i need to raise a family in the suburbs i need to be in the suburbs i need to be a car driveway yard grass my kids need to play with ball in the back. They need to like walk to school. Yeah. Like I need that kind of a lifestyle. So I'm thinking suburbs of Jersey, maybe Nashville. When you come here, I'm going to show you Vegas. You might, you might, be, you might consider it. We've got, first off, we got, it's a great baseball town. You've got the, you've got the aviators, you've got UNLV, you've got the Maddox brothers, Bryce Harper. Um, who else? Chris Bryant's from here. Awesome. There's a whole bunch of, it's a, there's a lot of baseball history. Yeah. Oh, no definitely. state income tax. No state income tax. Now, don't buy a house yet because things are going down. I can't, I can't afford on the it. Sidelines. I can't afford yeah. a house, please. We're sitting on the sidelines. But, well, it's a lot cheaper than New York. That's true. New Jersey. That's true. Jersey, yeah. Jersey got that really high property tax. But, Phil, when I'm out there, I'm yeah. definitely going to – I'll shoot you an email. I'll get your number. Or we'll okay. up. I'll buy you a beer. I definitely owe you a beer or two. I'll buy you a beer. So that'll, that'll be fun. But Phil, we've been going for a little over an hour and 15 minutes. Last, I know, man. We have the greatest conversations ever. Last question. I really enjoy them. Last question always goes to the guests. Um, I think I did this with you last time, but is that, that's the second question you've ever wanted to ask me. Now is the time. Um, you can always plead the fifth. Yeah. So no, no, you want me to ask you a question? Yeah? yeah. Ask me any question, anything you got. So what is your... What is your goal for podcasting? I know you're doing it so much and it, you know, it really takes a, a while to get going and all that. And, and like, so what is your, what is your five-year goal or two-year goal for, let's say two-year goal two for year, podcasting? Two-year goal? That's a great question. Uh, I should probably ask, should ask myself that every single day. What's my two-year plan? Um, really, my plan for podcast is I'm going to do it forever. I'm going to be sitting in front of this microphone or a microphone forever. Eventually, the end goal I know the end goal more than the two-year goal. Um, the end goal is, and Biggest Podcast Solutions is my company. It's the company I founded with uh, my friends from college. Um, and part of that company- you have partners? Do you have partners? Yes, I got, I got okay. three partners. Yeah, Jared, okay. Nash, and Christian. So I'm the podcast editing guy. Christian's the studio, Nash the tech, and Jared's the marketing. Um, and the four of us each have our own companies, and our own companies make up all of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. So the, it's a the equity breakdowns like that. So eventually the goal for a biggest podcast solutions is 
have it take off. Um, actually, within two years, I definitely want to have that fifth partner, that investor, to really throw in and probably be in a second or third round of investing funds and working towards bringing the company public. That's Ooh. my two-year goal. Because once the company's public, I'm selling. I'm gone. I want nothing to do with a public company. Done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my share of the company, which is Willie T Productions, which is really my production company, which I own 100% of in my sole proprietorship. I'm going to do that, build a studio, um, either in my basement or an in-person studio, um, and do what Rogan does. Fly people out, put them up in a hotel, have money as a guest, get sponsors, and make money through podcasting, through partnerships I make through ambiguous podcast solutions over the next two, five, 10 years, whatever. So my life goal is just to continue podcasting um, forever. Keep making content. Be a master of my craft. I love talking in front of this microphone, even if no one listens. doesn't matter to me. And you just, can do it anywhere in the world, I can, right? Like I can. I can do it. All, I know, is right? in, all I need is a secure internet connection. This mixer I got over here, my laptop with Adobe Audition, my, my software, my hardware, my editing skills, and mm-hmm. the ability to upload. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my plan. And to keep talking to cool people like yourself. Like I like that Thanks, I, I, can, I can have a network of people of just, I can hit up like, hey, I need someone to hop on and do a podcast, right? Like you're, it's going to be Phil Riccobono 2.0 and then they get titled former MLB scout and author. Next time it'll be 3.0. It'll be fun to see how high can now I get N- it. NP- NPB scout. NPB, NPB, I'll do, I'll do NPB. I'll put, I'll make sure it's NPB scout. Um, like I want to see how high I can go. My reoccurring guest. I think that's one of the coolest things about Rogan. He has so many different guests on, but I want to take it a step mm-hmm. further and go. Okay, you know, this is the tenth episode I've done with this guest. This is the fifteenth episode I've done with this guest. Um, and I have all these ideas with podcasting. I'm kind of surprised that no one's thought of yet. Like so we're in early stages of developing our app, and so I'm like, well, how are you going to set yourself apart from others? My answer is. You'll see, you'll see, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like podcasting for so long. I have I see these issues as a podcast that why hasn't this been fixed yet? It's like oh duh, I'll do it, and that's that's my plan. Cool. I appreciate you having me on, Will. Yeah, Phil, always, always. Yeah. You're you're a special gonna person. See, I'm gonna see you soon. Yeah, you too. I'll be there in October. You are, you are a machine, a podcast machine. <laughs> Someone's um, got to do it. Yeah, I'll see, you, I'll see you next month. We're already in September now. Yeah, end of October. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it'll probably be during the World Series. That's probably, yeah. that's probably when I'll be there. Oh, cool. We'll get to watch it Yeah, at 5 o'clock. Reasonable time. Dead smack in the middle. But all right, Phil, anything you want to plug, anything you want to share? If you got your old books, new book, anything your podcast, yeah, so anything you want to plug, floor is yours. English language learners uh, who are interested in sports, sportsenglish.org. Uh, I'm on Twitter at go sports English. Um, and then we have a new book coming out and you're, it's a segue to maybe one of your future guests, Kirsten Wachter. She's the author of the beautiful game. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. She really took it to the next level with her, her, uh, reenactments of, uh, and, and role playing and all these audios she did as well as, as just writing a really solid English textbook. Yeah, so you'll you'll meet her soon. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, she's uh, intense. She's the fire plug. She's a force. So I I, I can't wait to see that interview. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 very excited as well. Just just uh, shoot me her email and I'll follow up with her when I'm actually going to Nashville next week and next week I'm in Atlantic okay. City. So the following week I'll make sure to reach out to her and um, I'll get her on for 
sometime in September, and then I'll put it out there. Okay. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Will Tarish. This has been a Talking with Tarish podcast with Phil Rico Bono 2.0, the first guest of this podcast <laughs> and the first returning guest of this podcast. So it's always a special time. Uh, Phil, uh, come next year, because we'll be in Q, we're still in Q3, right? Right, we're still in Q3 this year, fiscal year? Uh, or, is, or is it technically beginning yeah. of Q4? Right, no, October, November, December. Three is October first. October first. Right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. my policy is once a quarter, quarter sorry. we come back on. So, starting yeah. summer between October and December, we can bring you on. If not, we'll do it again in the new year to celebrate our one year anniversary of the podcast. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll talk about hot stove transactions coming Great. in the uh, in the winter meeting. So that'll be very exciting. But, oh, ladies like and gentlemen. It. My name is Will Tarish, T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. All my previous interviews, including the very first episode with Phil, can be found in biggestpodcasters.com. Anywhere podcasts can be found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of our clips for shorter form content can be found on YouTube, as well as even shorter form content on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook Reels, everything 100% created by me. If you like my content and want my content to look just like your content, or, you know, vice versa, your content look like my content, reach out to me, will at APSpodcast.com. I'll give you a quote. I'd love to work with you. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, talk like me and Phil did, or you can do our other segment, the Unknown Unnamed Nonsense Edition, which is me and Christian from Cube Recording Studios. We have a list of 120, actually 190 questions and counting, completely random. We have no idea what we're going to talk about until we talk about it. It's a lot of fun. So, you want to be a guest on either of those podcasts, which is really the same podcast, Will, at APSpodcast.com. Until then, we'll see you next time. I'll take care.